Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Gio and Jones across the country on CBS Sports Radio. Andrew Filipponi in for Brian Jones today. Going to have a couple days off next week. Then I will be back on Thursday. For the big finale. Well, no, Thursday will be, I don't even know I'm hosting with Thursday. That's the show I'm trying to get Mikey B to do with me. But it's not working out. Mm-hmm. Friday's the big finale. December 29th. Friday, that'll be the big last Geo and Jones program. So we'll see what... Today, I think I'll find out what the decision is, finally, on whether or not... Mike gets the call up yeah. to the big leagues. Producer Mike Biseglia gets one show with me before it's all said and done. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, so am I. I don't think it'll happen. I think he put together like a tape or something for him. Did he put the Baffert interview in there? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have him do that for a second. All right. So this is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. One of the most lauded TV personalities on ESPN right now, and I think Richard Deitch has a lot to do with this with SI. is always writing about him, is Lewis Riddick. So, and I think he does a good job. I think he does a a really good job on television. He's sort of a rising star there at ESPN. Now, Lewis Riddick is now interviewing for the Giants general manager job, or has interviewed. And I wonder, does Lewis Riddick, if he's not doing a good job on television, get in that building as a candidate for that job? Because. No. Yeah, right. So is that a smart like, – like, if you're looking at Lewis Riddick, do you say, man, he really knows the game when he's on television? Or sure. when you watch Lewis Riddick, you go, boy, he's really good at being on television. Because when I watch him, I think that he knows his stuff, but I also think there's a lot of people that are on TV and sports that know their stuff. What I think that he's really good at is delivering it in a palatable manner to the viewers. And he's good at that. And he's good at opinions and relaying them. So I don't know if I would look at a guy go to television and be like, wow, that guy really knows his stuff. And then say, I want him running the organization. But he does have, of course, experience. He's not just a TV guy. I mean, he's been in front of Do you offices. feel that way about Aaron Boone? See, I couldn't stand Aaron Boone. In that booth. That whole broadcast to me was just a rough But one. it's the same thing. He had a high-profile television gig that absolutely helped open the door for him with the Yankees. If Aaron Boone was just sitting around on his ass doing nothing, you think he becomes the next manager of the New York Yankees? No. It's the visibility factor of being on TV. Yeah. But also... The interview was a big part of that. I mean, he I, doesn't get the interview without the TV. I don't gig. know. I don't know about that. A lot of guys got. You those think interviews. Brian Cashman would just say, "You know, I need to call Aaron Boone 
Yeah, you're probably right. But well, he had no managerial but, experience. But neither did Carlos Beltran, who interviewed. Neither did Raul Abanez, who interviewed. So there's a lot Abanez of guys. Abanez is a TV guy. Yeah, but these guys didn't have experience either. Well, all right, Beltran didn't certainly didn't. He's fresh out of the game. Right. So I don't. That's a little bit different, though. That's more like Jason Kidd to me. Yeah. Jason Kidd didn't have any coaching experience but was respected so much as a player that they thought he could just slide right into a coaching position. And I think Beltron is the same way. I don't remember this reverence factor for Aaron Boone at all when he was a player where people said, well, his dad managed, I guess his grandfather managed. So I get it. He's got good genes in that regard. But when he retired, it wasn't like there was a line around the corner to hire Aaron Boone to be your manager and he just picked TV. Yeah, but I just the consensus on Riddick, I always feel like is way more positive than I Boone agree. was. That point I agree with you on. Lewis Riddick's success as a director of pro personnel, whatever that title right. means. Mm-hmm. You're not doing amateur scouting, I guess, is yeah. pretty much all it means. Is not great. He was in Philly for four years. If you look at the Eagles record for those four years, they were exactly five hundred. Does that says this guy's ready for a big time job? No, no, he, it doesn't. And he hasn't been hired. He has. It's been 2013. Was Niners. Last... He lobbied for that job. Didn't get it last right. year. He was trying to get his foot in the door here. As a guy that grew up rooting for the Giants, if they hired him, I would be very disappointed because of what you're saying. Because he would have sold himself. He would have done the same thing to the Giants he's done to viewers. Bamboozle him. Yes. But I don't know if he's bamboozling them on TV. I think he's good on TV. I really do. There's a there's a what he does on television. He's great. But at. isn't that part of like winning the interview process? Yeah, it is. It how sure you package is. and how you present things. Right. It's not about how much you know. It's about if you know how to say it. Sure. But it's only a bamboozlement if he gets hired to be a general manager somewhere. On That's telev- what I just said. If, the, uh, if he gets hired by the Giants, you, I'm going to be ticked off. But you said, though, that he's doing the same thing to people on TV. I don't think he's bamboozling no, 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 to people no, on TV. That probably came across the wrong way. What I meant is he has convinced the viewer that he's in an, he's someone worth listening to. Yeah. He's not there for, like, you know, for, for laughs. You know, you're not going to him for a sense of humor. It's not because he's, like, willing to say something critical of somebody, you know, he's not ripping into players or giving you, you know, these very volatile opinions on guys. Somehow in the last few years, he has cut through as a guy who doesn't say anything inflammatory, who's not really the most like energetic personality. Mm -hmm. People just hear him talk and think he knows football. Yeah, right. That's a tough thing to do. Yeah, and he's he's really really good at. It. He's been a and he's you see him more evident. He's on more shows or giving him more opportunities because of that. Because he's smart. He doesn't break news. No, he doesn't do that. Right. His playing career was short lived. It's not like he's an expert in that regard where you trust his analysis because he's you know an eight time All Pro. Can you get better doing television? At can you get better at being a general manager or director of player personnel? TV by, by paying attention to the league through television. Who has that worked for? Dick Vermeil. I guess that's one of the few examples. I mean, there hasn't. Who's gone? I'll from, tell you. Matt Millen was. You know, he's. Oh my god, awful. 
Well, Chip Kelly didn't do enough television, and we'll see how that works out. He didn't do a lot of TV. TV was a sabbatical for him. It was not a career. Right. Yeah, it was just. It was a pit stop for him before he got back into coaching. I I don't look at Lewis Riddick as a guy who I identify as a personnel man who's just working in TV. I, I view him, first thought with him, television personality. Yeah. I don't say Bill Polian TV personality. I think guy that, you know, was sure. the architect architect for Bills, Panthers, Colts. Right. Same thing, John Gruden, Rex Ryan, a lot of these guys. When did the Giants stop being the Giants? Because this is something that they would have never done before. The stuff that has happened this year with the Giants is so anti-Giant-like. Usually they stick to certain plans and things. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that they had Odell Beckham Jr. acting the way that he acted, and, and it took a long time for them to address that. You know, the players disrespecting the coach to the point where there were suspensions. Firing a coach before the season ended. The Eli Manning thing, I didn't disagree with them taking a look at the younger quarterbacks, but the handling of that totally botched PR move. And now the Giants are the team that are looking to ESPN analysts to, like, that's not a Giants move. That's like a like a Buccaneers move. You know, that's like a... Yeah, the Giants don't need to make a splash, is your right. point. They don't need to hire somebody that people know. Right. Well, you know, they might. But they've never been a team that succumbed to the public pressure of that. And they're doing that now. This whole thing with Eli, they succumbed to the public Correct. pressure. With McAdoo and now Eli's the quarterback again. Yeah. It's very strange that that mentality that they had for the longest time. Which is family-run business. We have our principles and values of doing right. business. We stick to those. We don't care what the people outside this organization think. And now they do. You know what I think really changed that? You know where I think this all started? What? Honestly, Beckham. Because of the fact that he was so high profile and it got to Because him? he's so good, I think they've had to compromise some of w their core beliefs for him. And that's really where the, you know, the paint started peeling off the walls where they've had to start, where they've really had to make exceptions to, rule, to, to their own rules in order to accommodate his greatness. Sure, and I agree with that, but that still doesn't answer the question of why they're listening to the noise more than they ever have. Maybe there's a big concern. John Mara was on the record talking about how he got more letters about Kaepernick than anything he's ever gotten and how if they ever signed him, that would be a, a real Man, thing. That was another one that shocked me. You want to talk about, you know, these little changes in philosophy from an organization. The fact that he would go on the record and very directly say why his team wasn't interested in Kaepernick, I also thought was very anti-Giants. Yeah, I know. And he was one of the most, one of the Vocal first, owners. Yeah, outspoken guys on this. So it's, maybe he's just changing. And he thinks he's changing with the times in a good way, but he's not, in my opinion. Is there somebody on TV that you look at and think, this person would be, like, if I had a position open, I would look at them as a coach or a general manager. No, there's not a single one that isn't like like Chip Kelly. I would have said, but he would only bop in here or there. Here's a you know what? There is one who that I but not in a. We've talked about this with Brian. Mac Brown is an athletic director because the way that he is just so like people gravitate towards him. I didn't know that about him. Oh yeah, the smiling. And See, the, I saw him at the D.C. airport. I never thought to, of going up to him. 
Yeah, but he par- apparently can just sweet talk anybody. Oh, he's one of those charmers, yeah, huh? Yeah, southern charmer, sweet talk. See, I wish I had that, man. Yeah, don't of you wish you had that quality? The southern charming sweet talker? Where you're phony, but you don't come off as phony. Yeah, I can, but no, I don't, actually. I'd rather be authentic. Just no a curmudgeon, what. grouch. Basically, if that's who you are, I, there's nothing worse than, like, the people I disrespect the most are the ones that put on a face that aren't who they really are. Those the people are forcing those things. And he, but do you think he's that, or do you think he actually just? No, I think he's, uh, I don't know. I mean, Brian's given me some insight into him, you know, where he had some issues with him. That makes me think, I don't know. But apparently, if he's but in that instance, I, I would still hire him as an athletic director because it doesn't matter what I think. There's a lot of people that get fooled by those things. So even if it's yeah. not authentic, yeah, let's as look long, at Jim Trestle. Yeah, right. Exactly. Everybody got tricked into thinking he was moral, oral, ho- holier than thou, great face for a school and a sure. college football program, and he was about as you know as dirty as it gets. Let's listen to Coop. This is what uh, we do on Friday. Oh, Coop's picks. We yeah. got him. Yeah, we got him. Yes, he's we out. Do. Enjoy your family, which is what we're going to be doing over the Christmas holiday, uh, enjoying our families. So Mikey B., our producer, goes down to talk to Coop every week. He makes football picks, and sometimes Mike asks him about some other stuff. So uh, last week, Coop won one and one, 12-24-3 on the season, Coop. So not really good. So here's uh, week 16, Coop and Mike with their picks. <laughs> oh, Wow. Wow. That is unbelievable. Like him doing these picks and Coop's our security guard downstairs who, of course, we love to talk to. But he has learned so much about the league from the first week that we started doing this with him. Do you think he's studying for the picks? I now think he is. Does he know which games are coming? Uh, no, he does not know which games are coming. So he's just forced to watch the entire league. Well, or at least read some stuff. Follow it. I mean, they're fighting on the side. I mean, he knew the... Beef between Earl Thomas and Bobby Wagner? After I heard the analysis of the Atlanta-New Orleans pick, I did not think he had that in him for yeah, the next I, game. Yeah, I know, David. That's close. <laughs> in Seattle, and he had a bunch of Seattle stuff. All right, so the best Coop stuff we ever got is when we asked him about Thanksgiving. That's where it came from, enjoy your family and the big old turkey. <laughs> so... All the families enjoy all the trimmings. So, uh, Mikey B, of course, had to ask him about Christmas. <laughs> I don't want no fish. God, he's so anti-fish. That The beginning of that was very depressing for me, though. It was very depressing. There's nothing I can do on Christmas at my age but sit in the rocking chair. And watch. And watch it go by. This is This is not the coop we know. You think this, something's going on behind the scenes? I I actually know there is. I think he had a little. There was a health scare in oh. his family. So but maybe don't that's you think I, having a new lease on life for him, coming out of that health scare? It wasn't him that okay. had the health scare. Someone right. in his family. So that's. I think he was a little bit down. So he's having. But I mean, geez. And this was, is in between the Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Because the Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, clip, it was. He yeah. was. Yeah. Fired up for that. Right. He was. Ain't nothing I can do with Christmas. Just sit there and watch it go by. Jeez, Coop. My age. That was very, very. That's not the. Coop changed here. He got better toward the end of that clip, though. Yeah, he got either. No, the no fish thing. It was. (laughs) Who? (laughs) 
<laughs> did he say? Did he sneak in? Ask Calhoun in there, who was the fire chief. I think play the fish thing, and then I think he at some point he's like, "Ask Calhoun. I don't like fish." Like these. Yeah, ask ask Calhoun. I don't like that. Like if you really, if you really, if you don't believe me, go to Calhoun. He'll make sure that you. You know, he co-signs my opinion on fish. All right, coming up next, Ian Eagle's going to join us. A bogish update and plenty more. Keep it right here. This game preview brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. The B-Dubs Sauce Lab is proud to present their newest sauce, Thai Ginger, only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Available for a limited time while supplies last. Bills and Patriots. The Bills currently hold the sixth and final playoff spot at eight and six. They're trying to snap a 17-year playoff drought. Meanwhile, of course, the Patriots are in familiar territory. They can clinch home field advantage throughout the AFC playoffs with a win, a Steelers loss, and a Jacksonville loss or tie. Ian Eagle joins us in just a couple of Minutes, Andrew Bogish. First, Bogish, hello, and what do you got? Gentlemen, the Cavaliers won their 12th straight home game, and for the 19th time in 21 games overall last night, 115-112 over the Bulls. And Isaiah Thomas is almost ready to make his debut. The former Celtic and his bad hip scrimmaged early yesterday with the Cavaliers G League affiliate in Canton, Ohio. Then IT dressed and went through pregame warm-ups against Chicago. All we know right now is that he will not play Christmas Day against the Warriors. Michael Beasley scored 18 of his season-high 32 points in the fourth quarter to lead the Knicks past the Celtics at MSG 102-93. He was asked post-game when he started feeling hot. January 9th, 1989, the day he was born. Rodney Hood scored 11 of his 29 in the fourth for the Jazz against the Spurs. David Locke on Jazz Radio, Utah held off San Antonio. I didn't mind that call that much. 189. I didn't mind that one. I don't know why. Usually generally calls like that annoy me. That one did not. I don't have no reason why. Usually I would hate on that yeah. and make fun of him. I was prepared for it. Maybe That's just why the I way he, maybe the way he did it. I don't know. He just seemed confident in doing it. It didn't seem forced to me. That was the Jazz guy? Yeah. yeah. Did you hate it? No, I was just kind of spellbound by it like you. <laughs> okay, all right, good. Uh, DeMar DeRozan poured in a career-high 45 as the Raptors rally for a 114-109 win in Philadelphia. The NFL has fined the Seahawks $100,000 for mishandling Russell Wilson's possible concussion in a November 9th game. The team says any mistake was unintentional. Yahoo Sports says the Pittsburgh Pirates intend to trade starting pitcher Garrett Cole this winter, and right now the Yankees, the very likely destination. One source telling Yahoo the deal is a matter of when not if. College Hoops 12th-ranked Gonzaga went down at San Diego State, 72-70. Temple took the Gasparilla Bowl in St. Petersburg, 28-3 over FIU. And in the NHL, the Stars blanked the Blackhawks 4-0 to get head coach Ken Hitchcock <laughs> his 800th <laughs> career win. Guys? Uh, thanks, Bogus. All right, joining us right now, one of my favorite people in this business, one of my favorite people, period. Ian Eagle of CBS Sports, Westwood One, Yes Network. He's calling Chargers and Jets on Sunday. Ian, good morning. Thanks as always. How are you? Hi, Ian. 
Hey, guys. Good morning. Could I, could I get something just off my chest right off? The sure. Gate? Go ahead. I want to apologize uh, personally to your producer, <laughs> uh, Max Baseglia. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Milt Baseglia. <laughs> yes. You know what sucks is Milt isn't here today of all days. It's unbelievable. Uh, sorry, one more time. Uh, Maury Baseglia. <laughs> is it Mark Baseglia? What is it exactly? It is It is Mike Pesegli, and if you don't know what Ian's talking about, we have the clip here. There is a very popular segment on the Nets TV broadcast called Where Brooklyn At? They did the pet edition. Our producer, Mike Peseglia submits a picture of, his, of him and his cat, Leon, and Ian mentions them, and then, of course, at the end, there was a little bit of a mistake. And it's so, like, you of all people who never, and I know you're going to contradict this, but you never make mistakes. You are oh, all, no, you never. never make mistakes. And in that instance, which is the greatest moment in Mike's life, and you are his idol, you called him Matt. Yeah, I, I think I was just taken by their their closeness. <laughs> I, I looked up at the screen, and and there was Leon, who is a beautiful cat, by yes. the way. It's just stunning. Yeah. And uh, Leon was face-to-face -face with Mike. It was a very close shot of the two of them. And, and I thought they I thought they looked alike. That, that's what, what struck me. So, I, I don't know. I lost my mind just in that one moment. Now, did you uh, did... know? Because you've talked to Mike several times and booking the show, and he's like a sycophant of the Nets and you and everything. <laughs> like, did you know when you saw him that that was, that was him? It was our producer? Or was it just you thought random fan? No. No, no. I... Uh... I knew. Oh, okay. I knew that was that was Mike and and lovely little Leon. <laughs> well, that'll make him feel better. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that was one of the great moments of all time. Uh, all right, so how like at this point of the year, are you like just where are you getting your energy from? <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was hoping your answer. Yeah, you, you you went right for the jugular, and and you're 100 correct. No, it's all good. Uh, juggling games and and running around, waiting for the week 17 assignment. The way things are set up in the NFL now, because of the uh, cross flex, because NBC has the option to pick any game they want on the schedule for week 17. Uh, we have no idea where we're going. It's all completely up in the air. Do they take your uh, your travel itinerary for basketball and other assignments into account when giving you a game on? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I didn't think so, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I go where they tell me to okay. go, and, and that's part of the deal. And that's more than okay. That's uh, the way it should be. Uh, the assignment is based on their determination behind the schemes, on – Market share, matchup, all those things. So no, the the basketball doesn't play a role in it. You just you figure it out. Sad news this morning with Dick Enberg. What are your thoughts oh. on him? Yeah, I woke up and and I had a, a stream of texts, and uh, I could tell you when when Dick came over to CBS in in two thousand, uh, 
it was the first time I met him. I had not been in his company prior to that. And just so saddened to hear, uh, hear about his passing. He, he's such a classy guy and his love of the game and his love of the job reverberated through the screen. When, when you watched a game that was covered by Dick Enberg, you could feel the humanity. You could feel the vibrant tones of his voice. He was a wordsmith, a legend, a storyteller, and the versatility is what always struck me. And it was something on a personal level that, that I always aspired to, to be put in any position and still call the game in a professional manner and to have your passion come through. He wanted to be in that chair. He wanted that headset on. And then when you get a chance to meet him as a colleague, everything that you believed was validated. Uh, his, uh, his whole being was, was positive and really just a terrible story today that, uh, that Dick passed away. He, he was really a, a wonderful guy to be around. And we, we just got his Christmas card two days ago with his grandkids on the back and a picture of him and his son who mm-hmm. has now gone into the, the broadcasting field, both wearing a headset in a broadcast booth. So wow. they had a chance to broadcast a game together. And, and literally the, the Christmas card came two days ago. I right, how about his longevity? I mean, I would think as somebody that can relate to his versatility and his ability to call so many different sports, like, the fact that he was able to do it into his, you know, seventies. Yeah, it speaks to his his mind. He was so sharp, and he also had this ability to to get to the heart of things. Uh, you know, the one thing when you're trying to figure out how to navigate your way through this business, you've got to know in the moment as a play-by-play announcer what's the most important part of what just happened, and can you deliver it in that moment. And that's a gift that Dick had across all sports. (laughs) The fact that he could do baseball and football and basketball at the highest of levels to be inducted into the respective hall of fames of those sports, and then switch over and become the best tennis announcer in the sport, even though by his own admission, going all the way back, he didn't really have a tennis background. He learned it. He lived it, he breathed it, and along with Bud Collins became a legendary combination at NBC. Then John McEnroe steps in, and I think if if you spoke with John, uh, he would tell you that the reason why he was so successful was he had Dick Enberg next to him, and he learned from the best. So that that speaks to uh, the, the multidimensional talents that, that Dick had. Talking to Ian Eagle on CBS Sports Radio. We opened up the show today talking about the NFL and the year that it's gone through. And it's been a tough one. I mean, there's been more negative stories this year than I can ever remember. And I don't think that's a recency bias thing. Uh, What story can you see developing in the postseason that could help relieve some of the stench that we've experienced in the regular season? Yeah, it's been a strange year. You're right. Now, look, here we are, week 16. There are still divisions that are competitive. There are playoff spots, plenty of them still up for grabs. There's still intrigue. But how we got here has been a much bumpier road than we've grown accustomed to in recent years. And I think 
for a lot of NFL executives that have been at the forefront of this game growing and the league exploding and the television ratings and the amount of money that is coming in from television and salaries going up and the boom in the NFL, they are looking around and uh, probably staring at one another and saying, what, what happened here? What, what, what exactly took place in the last year and change that has uh, distracted from the game, from the game itself? I think uh, you probably could get a, a little bit of a Cinderella story that develops, and that might come out of the NFC with, with Minnesota. I'm very curious to see if Case Keenum can, can carry a team to a Super Bowl. I don't, I'm not saying that he would have to do it on his own. That's a really good defense and a lot of weapons on offense. But that's something that could capture people's attention. Now, whether or not that would be the best story for the NFL that normally looks at stars as the way to go, playing the hits, Tom Brady going to the Super Bowl, and playing Seattle is one of those things that the NFL has seen before. It's worked before. But I think just based on the way this, this season has gone, uh, it, it could be one of those, those Cinderella-type stories that emerge that uh, maybe captures the attention of some people that haven't been paying attention all year. What do you make of the L.A. teams? In all of that, you know, you, you, it's the second biggest market, but we've seen the way that, you know, the Chargers situation with the soccer stadium and L.A. plays in like a hundred thousand seat stadium. But you still you still see a lot of empty seats. You think it's good for the league if both L.A. teams make it to the playoffs? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's been a bad optic. What you just alluded to with uh, playing the games at the Coliseum, it just doesn't look good. There are still a lot of people in there, but the way that you view it when you see that wide shot is, oh, boy, look at all the empty seats. The the Charger situation, you know, I just heard about it. I, I hadn't been to the stadium. And then two weeks ago, I had Chargers Washington out in L.A. And I got to tell you, it was not nearly as bad as it was made out to be. It's a little strange getting in there. It doesn't feel like an NFL game, even just getting to the press box is is a bit odd in most nfl stadiums there's an elevator there's an entrance you take that and you go up and and now you're in your own little world here you have to maneuver through a sea of humanity you have to go up to a platform walk through by the fans i'm walking with charger legend dan fouts by the way and to see the look on people's faces you know they're in they're into their like eighth bud light well what that's Iron Eagle. That? <laughs> no. And, and it's, it was actually very comical. I think the league is, is really doing its best to establish some roots again in, in L.A., and it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, it's, it's, been, it's been a very slow-developing dynamic with the Los Angeles fans getting back into the flow of things. Just think about it, because all of the years that have passed by, you've missed out on a generation of potential fans for those teams. They, they just never connected. So if you're, a, if you're a 13, 14 year old, you have and feel no connection to the Rams or the Chargers during those years, those formative years where, where you're forming your own opinions on who you want to root for and what, what teams you like. 
I'm not sure the Rams and the Chargers ever popped up in a lot of these kids' minds. And now all of a sudden, you're in sixth, seventh, or eighth grade, and you're told, hey, you got to start rooting for these teams. They're local. Uh, I don't know if, if those age groups think that way and if they just automatically say, yeah, that, that makes sense. They've already developed their love of the Cowboys or of the Ravens or the Vikings or wherever it might be. So I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Every time I travel, and it's very infrequently, I have anxiety about it. I dread it. I can't stand it during the moment. Mm-hmm. I have. I think back on how much I hated it. You travel more than just about anybody I know. Other than being away from your family the times that you're away, what is the most annoying thing about traveling as much as you travel? I find that during the the months of September through March, when I'm when I'm really in the throes of it, I have to go to a mental happy place to avoid becoming completely insane. I'd say number one, if we're ranking them, and <laughs> this would be a long list, but number one ranking uh, through the years when the plane lands and I'm sitting in the aisle. And the person across from me, oftentimes a a larger man, has to be the first to get his stuff out of the overhead bin. There's that very brief moment, and and it could be three to five seconds, but boy, does it ever resonate with you, where he extends up to grab his stuff, and then the angle of his legs place his derriere (laughs) right in my face. Yep. And it's called uh, typically man-ass. You get man-ass <laughs> right there. And in any other walk of life, if that happened, you would be very much offended and may even look to press charges. <laughs> but somehow on an airplane, that's acceptable. It's like international it's, waters, right? It is. And it's inches <laughs> away. And we're not talking about feet away. It's, and you have nowhere to go. There's nowhere to hide. You could turn, but it's still there. You can't get away from it. The, the one thing that, that has struck me in, in recent months that is amazing to me, when the, when the bathroom's in the front of the plane, invariably, every single flight, I've noticed now, a confused person will go to the front of the plane, and they're searching for the bathroom, And it appears as if they want to open up the door to the plane. They don't know (laughs) that that's not the bathroom. Every single flight, somebody is confused enough to go, is this it? No, dude. (laughs) That's the the plane door. You're going to die even though you still have to urinate. Like, figure out where the bathroom is. It's just a little farther. There aren't that many options. Don't open the door to the plane, man. They can't, That's right? Smart. They can't, there's no way. Like I don't think that they can are capable of doing this. God, I hope so. God, I would that know, be a story? I just see them stumble into that area and think to myself, seriously? You you seriously you believe that's the bathroom? In this moment, that's what you're going with. It makes no sense. Broadcaster Ian Eagle sucked out of plane, parachutes into Barclays <laughs> Center for a pregame show. On dead spin, Still gets right? Producer's now. name wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, messes up producer's <laughs> name. <laughs> Ian, thanks That's for the time. The <laughs> thanks for the time, as always, man. Love talking to you. All right, guys. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to be able to say any kind of emotional goodbye when uh, when the show is over. So, uh, Cleo, I, I just want to wish you the best. <laughs>
Thanks, man. And bo- tell Bones <laughs> he's going to do great. <laughs> this was one of my favorite shows, uh, Cleo and Bones. I uh, just loved it from day one. That's Ian Eagle on Cleo and Bones. We appreciate him, as always. We're coming right back. Time to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day brought to you by Rally Auto Parts. Today's question comes from Trey in Buffalo, who's been listening the last couple of days and has a question for Andrew. He says, Andrew, how did that ovulation calendar sex go last night? Oh, she was ready to delete the app. Really? Yeah. Well, we'll get into it in a second. Sign up to be an Overwards <laughs> member today and start earning instantly. Overwards members earn $5 back. For every 150 points you earn, it's fast, easy, and free, and only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. See store for details. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. So I got the melodramatic. Maybe we should just not have kids. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. I know. That went south quick. So Andrew's here with his wife. They got married just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And you guys are thinking kids. So there's an ovulation calendar app that your wife is following, and it landed on... These last couple of days, if you've been in New York City, perfect time. Romance, Christmas, yeah, everything. A lot of time together. And the other night, too tired when it was 10 out of 10. And then last night, 9 not, out of 10. 9 out of 10 and? Too tired. Again, you went too tired. Too tired. Oh, my goodness. That's... You're right. What, what you said about, what you warned me, this is going to take a lot out of you. <laughs> Getting up early to do these shows. Yeah. And then she wants to experience new york yep. so we're bopping around like crazy you get back to the room you're done yes you are tapped out and here's the problem last month if you think about it same time of the month i was back home with her for thanksgiving so last month when it was a 10 out of 10 difficult eating the room, yeah your yeah room the room's next to my mom's like yeah so this is now two months but here's what yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's what she's. You've blown two months. Yeah, is her take. Right, but here's my. What I don't understand, and we all had breakfast yesterday and, and talked about. You got to give me something I can come back to here. Oh, here it is. To this, help. This is what it is. I'll situation. tell you right now. So you guys are you you delayed your honeymoon until this summer, mm-hmm. and you guys are going to Italy mm-hmm. in June. That's the plan. She does not want to be pregnant in Italy. I can guarantee you this. Because if it's, first of all, if she gets pregnant now, she might not even be able to fly because there's certain restrictions of when you can fly. I didn't know that. Yes. And also, if she gets pregnant right before, if she's anything like Gina, she's going to be sick. Mm -hmm. And plus, I mean, it's not all about drinking this trip. But I can't imagine going to Italy on a honeymoon. No wine. And not drinking wine. I mean, so... Her thing is, if I get pregnant, we just blow it off. Blow it off? You can't blow off a trip to Italy for a honeymoon? Yeah. Why would... You can't... She can't be okay with that? You can't be okay with that. That's your time. I mean, think about it. When's the next time you're going to be able... Let's say you have this kid. When's the next time you're going to be able to go to Italy, the two of you? Oh, we're not. It's now or never, so to speak. It'll be 18 years, probably. Yeah, once the kid's in college. 18 years. Yep. So that's what you go back with. Be like, listen, we're going to Italy in June. We're doing that. And we're going to enjoy the hell out of it. <laughs> and then and then maybe she'll... Here's what I got to do. 
I've got to actually show her like a piece of like a document or a confirmation email or something that shows that I'm really putting the honeymoon trip together. Like oh, you see this right here? This is the itinerary for the trip. Oh, so you haven't booked it yet? No, it's not booked. Oh, that's why. Okay. You booked that thing. You book it now. I'll handle last minute and a half. <laughs> Get a head start. <laughs> you got to enjoy. Because See, I, if that's like set in stone. Then she's, yeah. Bought, paid for. Right. These are the days. It's happening. You got to do that. Because right now she feels like we're just wasting time. Well, you kind of are. No, I'm not. I'm waiting for the honeymoon. Well, now, but now that I know that the thing isn't booked. I'm not then. procrastinating it in hope and, you know, kind of leading her on. We are going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for the right time to book the package to go over there. Yeah. I mean, just we're, we're sitting here end of the year. I mean, it's six months away. You put you enjoy being a married couple for the next six months. You enjoy the honeymoon and then get serious about the ovulation calendar at that point. <laughs> That's the logical take yeah, here. Yeah, she just, her big line to me last night was, I'm deleting the app. <laughs> and I think she was hoping that I said, don't, you know. Yeah, don't, no, don't do that, honey. But I was too tired. Wow, back-to-back nights of too tired. Two months in a row. A 10 and a 9. <laughs> Slipping through the fingers. <laughs> and now you got to repair. Yeah, well, have fun with that trip back today in the car. Yeah. Some serious. Yeah, she did bring that up, and now I got to do all this driving. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here for the it last was a couple blast, of days. Man. It really was. And uh, have a happy holidays. Yes, you too. Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. Thanks to Kaplan, PD Meats, Bogus, Jock Alone, Coop, and Coop. Take care, Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.